Uh, basically, the whole last 30 miles were a low for me. I was physically totally wrecked. Check out trainingforultra.com. I have a Training for Ultra wrap now available. On those questionably cold days, I always wrap it around my wrist. I always have it available because you can just throw it over your face, keep you warm on those uh, days where your run gets cold all of a sudden. Highly recommend wraps for basically all ultras. You can also use them on the really hot days to put ice in them, but they're available now. They're 10 bucks, free shipping within the United States. Check it out. I have a few available. Thanks. And that was a moment I, I can look back on now. And uh, that was one of my favorite moments, getting a foot massage by Hayden at mile 62. This is um, a fan of yours, and I'm just calling in to express my admiration. It's Dean Carnassus, the ultra marathon man. Hello, listeners. This is Chris Mako, and we are live. And you're listening to Training for Ultra podcast. This is Anna Mae Flynn, and I'm here talking to Training for Ultra podcast. Yeah, it's like really, I just need to catch up with Rob. 100 miles is not that far. <laughs> I, I thought oh. it was a joke, actually. It, it is. I thought it was one of your jokes, yeah. It is a joke. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so classic. <laughs> oh my God, you because literally thing would be like, beep, beep, beep. Mother, mother, beep. Mother, mother, beep, beep. Mother, beep, mother, beep, 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 beep. One, two, one, two, three, four. <laughs> Training for Ultra Podcast. I'm Sally McRae, also known as Yellow Runner. Hey, this is Carl Meltzer, the Speed Goat, and I want to welcome everybody to the Training for Ultra Podcast. Welcome to episode 114 of the Training for Ultra Podcast. My name is Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra, and we have a really cool episode. We have Courtney DeWalter on. It's a charity podcast episode. Brought to you by Greg Rutchick, who not only you know bid for Courtney's episode, but also the Hayden Hawks episode. So really excited to have those two episodes. Greg was nice enough to donate $2,500 to the 401k for, cancer, for pediatric cancer research. So just very thankful there. Wanted to thank the show's sponsors real quick. Hammer Nutrition, Sufferfest Beer, Exoskin, Destination Trail and Ultimate Direction. You know, shout out to Hammer Nutrition. Just very thankful, humbled to be on their Endurance News magazine cover, and you know have have an article written uh, within there about the Triple Crown. So very thankful for that. Sufferfest Beer. Check out their website for the nearest retailer near you. Now that they have a national distribution system, we've all been waiting for it. So check it out. It's it's actually a pretty good website. It pinpoints exactly where to find beer near you. Exoskin, you guys know I love their toe socks, calf sleeves, compression. I, I wear the top during races, the bottom during recovery. They'll have some discount codes, so I will include those either in the show notes today or the next show notes, but keep an eye open for those. And yeah, Ultimate Direction. I love the Mountain Vest. Kind of excited to see what's up for next year. I want to... I want to try out the new Anton pack. They have a uh, kind of a hybrid pack that I need to try out sort of in the off season for hiking and uh, biking. And then last but not least, Destination Trail, Crystal, Candice Burt, awesome team, Riley, all of them, you know, check out their races. I know the Triple Crown is now selling like crazy. Uh, 
And I hope there's even spots avail- available for Moab if you know Big's backyard doesn't happen this year for me. I think going for my third Moab 240 finish would be kind of cool in 2020. Possibly, you know, three out of four, not bad. But yeah, thank you guys to the show sponsors. Thank you to Patreon supporters. And Patreon, guys, if if you want to hear me read um, <laughs> one-star reviews, it's now on Patreon. And I don't plan on ever doing it again, but I thought it would just be kind of silly, goofy, you know, humbling also. So check that out. But uh, that's all I have. So don't forget to enjoy training, enjoy this episode. And here we are with Courtney DeWalter. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah it sure has. So we have Greg on the line also. Hi, Greg. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. We're excited to talk to you. Where are you today? Yeah. I'm I'm in Golden, Colorado. Where are you? Fantastic. I'm in West Hollywood. I'm not okay. from here, but uh, welcome back from France. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm going into uh like withdrawals from not having all the pastries every day. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, talk about it. Tell me more. What did you what did you what did you focus in on there? Croissant? Yeah, all the chocolate filled ones. Don't you find that the quality did you get a good quality one? I mean Yeah. I kind of trouble mm-hmm. you did. You did. Great quality, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was there a particular place in, in, in Albi or where you were that you either were led to or you found? No, just kind of the, the general bakeries around the towns. But I'm not like a, I'm not a foodie. I'm not really, like I don't have a very sophisticated palate. So, I mean, it's buttery and flaky and then there's chocolate in the center and that's a really good chocolate croissant to me so <laughs> I, agree. I agree i agree can we courtney Sometimes i just feel we we need to do yelp reviews by courtney i think that would just be like <laughs> can we just make that a whole Let's tv show <laughs> well i mean you gotta have one i mean in albi was it just like go to the right cross the street and it's the little the one with the little lady in the front i mean was it that simple mostly it was yeah walking around and the bakeries there always have big display cases so um you can see it you know really easily and it would just be swinging into one of those little bakeries along the street but yeah if it was there i bought one so i was taste testing all of them and to me they all were fantastic what what goes well with the chocolate croissant milk or I like a, I like a little espresso, a little coffee. A little espresso. Yeah. Do you drink a lot of coffee, Courtney? I do. I love coffee. The the coffee over there comes in the tiniest little teacups, though. Yeah. <laughs> Very frustrating. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> we need the XL, <laughs> the, the the grande, yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's like sizes. <laughs> Small, medium, or American. <laughs> yeah. Were, were you able to get like an American, like just have them add hot water like we do here in Americano or, or not really? No, I just, 
I just uh, tried to um, embrace the coffee size there. So, yeah, it's really good coffee, though. It's probably stronger. You know, I wasn't, I just missed, you know, like cupping a a mug in both hands and drinking a hot coffee. You can't really do that with their tiny little teacups. But it's still really delicious coffee, and it was still very satisfying. Embrace the coffee size. That's yeah. like, I don't know if that's an ultra runner saying. Um, <laughs> uh, Are you like a coffee maker at home? Do you guys do coffee in the morning? We do, do yeah. Oh, of yeah, course. We, we do pots pots of coffee. I can't pots make I can't make less than eight cups. I have some like mental glitch. Like I yeah. when I'm putting water in, like no. <laughs> Oh, like, yeah. just keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Greg, are you a coffee drinker? Yeah, we, um, yeah, but we, uh, my wife and I do this thing called the French press. Oh, yeah. Is the easy, yeah, it's the easiest thing in the world. You simply, do you do that too, Courtney? What do you, do you make the French press or no? No, I, I was going to um, say it doesn't seem that easy. That's, I thought it involved it scares all me. sorts of steps. Yeah. No, no, no. It's the, it's like idiot proof, which is perfect for me. <laughs> it's it's a glass jar. You scoop in maybe two scoops of the ground coffee per per cup per person, and then you just pour hot water and then you push down this little plunger, and that's it. And then you wait a very specific number of minutes, right? No, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't, no, that doesn't, what wouldn't work for me. My wife though, she's more particular. You have to mix hers. She's okay. Deep okay. Now, but I don't care. I just put the hot water in, plunge it down and it's good to go. Do you, do you add creamer or anything? No more. No, I, I, uh, I don't exactly remember why I stopped uh, but my dad's a black coffee drinker and I think I was at home with my parents and, uh, I just had, my dad made me a cup of coffee and he didn't even put any sweetener in. I put stevia in mine. What about you? I can't even I imagine. I had a little French vanilla. Come on. Tell us really, tell, tell us what really goes on, Courtney. 14 pixie sticks <laughs> and <some> French <laughs> vanilla creamer. <laughs> No, just kidding. Just uh, a little splash of French vanilla creamer. Let's just, I just want to do something that I do with my, my niece and nephew really quickly. You said pixie sticks. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I, can you give me your top three? Is pixie sticks the one where you tear it off and it's like a powder? Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't eat those regularly. We need to get oh, you a dentist contract too here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm big on uh, jelly beans and Mike and Ike's and uh, the fruity candies. Do you? Yeah. What do you? What about yeah. orange slices? Are those too old school? Or are you a fan? Oh, you... oh, I like those. I actually, if I'm going to go with the fruit slices, though, I get the assorted bag because okay. I want to get all my vitamins. <laughs> That's good. All your vitamins. Your those got me through Bigfoot. Oh. Uh, I have appreciation you and Kevin for have similar. Uh, you're saying the orange slices got you through Bigfoot rock? Yeah, I mean, once you start burning calories to such an extreme, you can just basically throw in anything. Yeah, it's uh-huh. it gets bad. Um, 
Did you use them at Moab as well? Uh, I don't think I leaned on sugar as heavily. I think I'd Sour Patch Kids into the, like, you know, for the last 16 miles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was your go-to food at Moab? Mm, that's a good question. I, I actually don't even know off the top of my head. That race was just all over the map. You blacked out the whole thing. No, I didn't hallucinate at all. You'd be very disappointed. <laughs> I was looking for the band and the LaSalle's and the, the Leopard and... Nothing. They all vacated. Yeah. Well, I'll call them up. <laughs> um, I do want to... Okay, go ahead, Greg. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to... I mean, Courtney, I was just celebrating Rob. Did you see that he finished seventh in the Triple Crown? Yeah, it's so cool. That's such an accomplishment, and what a big summer! Yeah, three months. Woo. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm still trying to comprehend what took place there. That was yeah crazy. Um, but I think most important, it wasn't the triple crown. It was like that four hundred one k. Yeah, being able to impact lives is much more fulfilling than any kind of ultra sign up result or anything like that. But it actually, it boosted my performance, which was totally a weird experience. But Moab, anytime I was suffering, I wasn't thinking about myself. It was always someone else, which really pulls you through. So yeah, that's a cool, uh, why, you know, a cool reason to, to keep you moving when it gets really hard. Let's, let's yep. go down that route. Because I was watching you in real time because UTMB is freaking amazing in regards to <laughs> how they do that. Um, and I was having weird flashbacks at the same time to CCC. I knew exactly where you were, like, at least on the descent. But okay. tell me about those low moments. And then I want to hear Greg has to have a question on low moments and races. And let's hear about the lows at UTMB because the finish line, I think I might've teared up actually a little bit. <laughs> it was, it was special having, you know, become it, friends yeah, over was, time, you know, uh, basically the whole last 30 miles were a low for me. I was physically totally wrecked. I, I had nothing left and, um, then it just became a mental battle. And even that was pretty tough just because, the physical side was failing me so hard and so fast. So, um, yeah, it was a game to like try and just keep my feet landing under me every step and to keep moving forward. And, uh, I knew going into it, I wasn't going to stop no matter what. So, um, I figured I might as well move as quickly as possible towards the finish line if I was going to be moving towards it anyways. So that was the whole name of the game at the end there. But yeah, uh, there was a camera person with me for a very long time because I was moving really slowly through those last, there's like three really big climbs at the end there. Yeah, um, those were steep. Yeah, so unfortunately, the whole, a lot of people got to witness how much I was struggling. <laughs> What what was the causation? The whole way. Did did you think that it was getting played in slow motion? 
I mean, you 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 played it off really well, like you were running. You kept that little <laughs> mini step going, and I I knew the camera guy was just walking behind you, but <laughs> he's like sitting on movie, the benches, movie <laughs> movie magic at UTMB. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Greg, what what questions do you have for Courtney on UTMB? Well, my wife and I were watching the moment you came into Cormayer and you said to Kevin, I think you said, don't get lost or you worried about him. Uh, I think <laughs> I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. I that sounds like what away. I would say. <laughs> I was just, I, I thought I said to my wife, first of all, I thought, boy, this is a little bit too uh, in their face. <laughs> um, like their intimate you know, moment. And I wonder, yeah. yeah. And I just thought, um, he's there with you. Were, were your parents with you there in France as well? No, I, he was there with, um, then we had a couple friends, but in the crew areas, only one person was allowed every time. So, oh. Oh, um, yeah. they forgot about that. The buddies that were with him were always outside the crew areas, just cheering. And then he was the only one allowed to go in and actually assist. They have to have a ticket, like oh. a separate, like you're not even allowed in without this. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. an interesting system, uh, but it's good though. I mean, there's so many runners, so it could get really crazy. I think if, you yeah. know, everyone brought in their whole entourage. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. You know, I wonder, I wonder about, you know, you talk so much about the pain cave and clearly you just described how difficult that last part was. Um, do you remember what were you saying? Your mantra, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I mean, if you could, if you could bring us back even just a little bit, do you remember what was going through your mind other than just, move as fast as I can to finish? Yeah, I think it was uh, a lot of just, you're fine. Keep moving, you're fine. This is still forward progress. And then I think I was uh, leaning pretty heavily into the fact, like, you've come this far, you know, it was already 70 miles in. Um, You know you're going to finish, so why not just make it hurt a little bit longer? Yes. You suffer harder, you suffer more, but you're going faster. Like right. so you actually suffer less. It's kind of a weird concept. Suffer more so you suffer less. Yeah, yeah. Did Western States go through your head at all in those last thirty miles? Uh no. I mean that so for sure that was the driving force behind like I did not want to DNF this race. So I was I was ready to, you know, if I had to camp out at an aid station or, you know, it became a total shuffle slog into the finish. I was, I was just certain I was going to finish whatever place that ended up being. Um, or, you know, if it was right in front of the final cutoff, like I just wanted to make sure I didn't DNF because that was important to me on the, like, kind of, I guess, rebound from the Western States DNF. I would say um, comeback is a much better word. What, yeah, like the <laughs> like the greatest comeback of 2019 <laughs> is what I call it. Like a rebound. Yeah, a, a rebounds like a I, I yeah, we're not going down that road. Um 
Okay. <laughs> well, um, so why not? <laughs> it's like your high school no no i mean rebound rebounding is really important <laughs> what, what was i going to ask you have you worn well walk me through the finish line but then i also most importantly want to hear about the vest that you got um but how was the finish line going through the city once you hit actual concrete did they oh make you gosh. guys go over those two uh roads again like was it a bunch of metal stairs up and down up and down yep went over to the road on the scaffolding stairs that's which, a refreshing I, I mean, experience that, right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was difficult <laughs> but then you do you hit the the like cobblestone streets of the town and it was so fun to get back there and um kind of yeah a whole lot of feelings of disbelief and like I couldn't believe that I was there and back and then um, a lot of celebrating because all these people you know were so wonderful and they were out there uh, bringing me in so it was it was really cool I'll never forget that finish where was Kevin at the finish he was right behind the finish line so I got I oh, cool. saw him almost immediately when I crossed which was really cool you you represented ultra running so well at that finish line. Like, I was so excited watching that. Um, I totally botched my workout. It was like my first workout that I was given to actually go do after that, and I totally botched it because I got all disheveled. <laughs> uh, no, but the way you went out and you like you made it personal with every single person. Um, it was special. It was really cool because it wasn't you were clapping for the crowd, like yeah. I mean, you weren't so putting your arms that. up for <laughs> yourself. You were yeah. It was it was really awesome. Like what what was going through your head when you turned around and looked at? I mean, there was thousands of people cheering you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I. I was trying really hard to absorb it all um, and to like take it all in. I just remember it being really loud. And uh, yeah, I mean, so many smiling faces. That's that's pretty cool to see in one spot, all these people, you know, and enjoying um, really life, you know, they're, yeah. they're there doing something that they love and, and it showed on all of their faces. So it was cool to share for sure. So one one last UTMB question, and then I'll throw it to Greg too. Here, um, have you worn that vest <laughs> since? Uh, did you wear it in the city? Did you wear it around at all? And have you the, worn it? Have the you finishers wore- vest? Yeah, yeah. Um, you can be honest. I, it's okay. Yeah, it's a wonderful vest. I haven't found that <laughs> my core has been chilly quite yet. So maybe during the winter months. What color is it? I forget. It's teal. Teal. Yeah, it's okay. Nice. Well, yeah. when we go out for beers, maybe we both get out our vests. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> okay, sorry. It's it's weird because I don't think I've worn mine since. It's hard to find the uh, the opportunity. Uh, to, yeah, to wear I think that it's one. a good layer layering option when it gets cold. You know. Maybe if mine was teal. Mine's like dark blue, so it's like you know, yeah. I'm feeling more teal yeah. today. I, I, I feel so left out. One day I, I, you know, I hope to follow in at least your footsteps. Yeah. 
Which one would you want to do? Well, yes, I, CCC. I, I would love to do UTMB uh, in a dream because Chamonix was a place that my family went skiing when I was younger. Oh, so cool. I, I, what an idyllic place. But realistically, I think I'd like to tackle Candace's races here in the States, at least one of them first. Uh, yeah, which one intrigues you the most? Um, you know, it's hard to answer that, um, cause I don't know them that well. I followed as closely Tahoe just looked incredible in terms of the, the views. You don't have to uh, just pick one by the way. <laughs> yeah. You know, but this Orca Island race I talked to Rob about before, um, you know, I don't know what it is about that particular race, but the, the, the maybe because it's, it's in an area I've never been before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've never been to Moab either. Um, Washington State's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great excuse to go explore somewhere new with your feet, which is, I think, the coolest way to see a new place. Agreed. Agreed. Or your face, if if you don't watch your feet closely. like. (laughs) Yeah, I saw the... uh, in the Solomon movie, um, they left in at least an almost trip, Courtney. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was like, that was a really good part of the movie, actually, or film. It was. Did you, you made you it didn't real. You did it? Um, <laughs> let's see. I think I stayed on my feet at UTMB, which is a miracle now that I think of it. I don't think I fell. I definitely fell on my face. You go off those trails by like one foot and you your foot goes like two feet down. You know those like grassy like drop-offs? Yeah, yeah. I ate it. One day. One day I'll have to go back. <laughs> oh, man. But, but recovering from that, I mean, you know, you joke about falling, Courtney, but, you know... Uh, it's not fun for any runner, you know, when I, in any race or even when you're training. Um, but uh, I think it's part of training just to know that uh, you can recover from even falling. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's, it's definitely part of trail running. And at first when I transitioned to trail running and was learning how to run on the trails, I, I felt all the time. And it, it made me kind of panic, you know, and think that, trail running must not be for me because I was tripping on everything and falling everywhere. Um, so I think sometimes that scares people away from the trails. If, if they try them out a couple of times and, and do end up, you know, catching their toe quite a few times, they could be deterred from going out again and just settle for the sidewalks and roads. It takes time too. like, you're, you're developing ankle stability muscles, uh, you're you're altering your foot strike slightly more underneath your body instead of like a heel strike. It just yeah, takes time yeah. to like slowly adapt to the trails. And if you're listening and you're questioning yourself, give yourself some time. Like you're not going to get it immediately. It took me personally probably at least a year to finally feel comfortable. So yeah, take your time. Absolutely. Eat a bunch of uh, Are you talking about- orange slices too, by the way. <laughs> or pixie sticks. You love those orange slices. 
Are you talking about the difference between road running and trail running, that there's a major difference in the way the body adapts? I think your foot strike is different, and I think think the muscle stability of your ankles, at least, is totally different. Uh, Just my personal opinion, I'm not a doctor or expert on this. I just, from my personal experience, you know, I started off by running rocks and roots like this Columbus, Ohio. It was like the only trail in the whole city, basically. And I would, I'd roll my ankle every single training run there uh, until I slowly like figured out that I needed to change my foot strike differently after reading Born to Run of all books. And uh, yeah, that's just my personal opinion. What do you think, Courtney? Yeah, I think for me, I had to learn to just pay attention a little more. I had grown up running the roads and um, for me, running had become this, you know, thing I could do and not really think about the act of running and I could let my mind wander. And so I had to kind of zone in on actually paying attention again to running, um, which was a a learning thing for me. And still I'll find myself, you know, letting my mind wander a little too much in a (laughs) little too technical of an area. And yeah, that's when I end up face planning, but looking at the white mountain, (laughs) <laughs> apparently not not a not enough next time you're at utmb you need to look around a little bit yeah <laughs> so greg where yeah. do you live so um i live you know la is a pretty flat city west hollywood california um i have the hollywood hills uh, not far from my house cool um, but i've been a road you know i became a road runner only recently because of my wife and um this year, my triple crown was three marathons. Nice. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And I, which, you know, I, which I marathons? learned about you guys. So I did the New York marathon a year ago, uh, a year ago, basically yesterday. And then the Los Angeles marathon in March. Um, and then just two weeks ago, finished the Ventura marathon, which is Ventura, California. It's a beautiful, uh, Ojai, Ojai starts in the mountains and you run down an old railroad trail. To the oh, ocean. cool. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, That's a great challenge. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm proud of myself. And yet, uh, you know, I, because I've achieved that, you know, you, you feel, you know, what's next. Um, and you've been a tremendous inspiration, even to me out here in West Hollywood. Um, I've got to broaden my, my, uh, candy choices, but, um, <laughs> and croissant, I, Come on. those aren't candy. Yeah, those aren't buy- candy. You can check no, my, awesome. my Yelp review website soon. Oh It'll my gosh. I would, yeah. I'd pay money. I'd pay money. <laughs> I tell you. Yeah. I think it would be brilliant to have a Yelp as you go through these different cities. You know, they have a, a guy reviewing pizza. You could review yeah. whatever. I'd yeah. like to review um, the nachos everywhere I go. That, yes, nachos and yeah. can, candy stores. Oh, yeah, and self serve frozen candy stores. <laughs> oh, you're kidding. Okay. And there should be no limits. There should be no limits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you a vanilla? Are you vanilla soft serve chocolate or a mix? A swirl. I so at those self serve places, they often have tons of flavors now, and I usually will go for 
the things in the chocolate and vanilla families, like there's always then like the cookies and cream or the cake batter or, um, what are your thoughts yeah. on Oreos? Are you okay with those or? I, I love them. Yeah. So then my okay. toppings are all the cookie dough, brownie bites, all the candy shrapnel, <laughs> the chocolate bars, <laughs> all the chocolatey things. I stay away from the fruit and the fruity ice creams when I'm at a frozen yogurt place. Cup or cone? Cup. <laughs> Only because so if you get more quantity. Two, two spoons or one spoon? Does Kevin get any of this or no? Wait, this is a self-serve frozen yogurt place, so you get to just pile it in your cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I love is your, those. Yours. Yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking about. What do you think about those, uh, the Greek yogurt that's a little more tarty? Have you been to any of those? Um, I don't mind it. Yeah. I, I have to be in the mood for it. Like I shouldn't then be in the mood for a chocolatey dessert, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you ever come to LA, you know, LA for some reason um, has some very old as well as the newer, you know, well-known self-serve. And uh, you probably could do a lot of, a lot of taste testing in this city. Oh, um, perfect. Maybe okay. I could make a, you know. a, a run between all of the places. Yeah, yeah I, I think maybe we should work with Candace and come up with a, a 500 mile or a 200 plus mile yogurt ultra. That, that's yeah, such that's a good idea. Yogurt, <laughs> you know, yogurt aid station. Um, Slash you know, sleep you, you station. Mean, I mean, come on, you just, you throw that in yourself after 300 miles, you're going to probably pass out, right? I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we go back, go to sleep then? Tell, tell me a little bit about sleep on some of these ultras. Um, Rob said his, let's listen to Rob interview Maggie Trons, and he said that his number was seven minutes. Okay. Um, that he needs, that <laughs> I don't know what, I mean, oh, it's some kind of crazy number. Seven minutes is legs, you know, reset. Uh, and Maggie was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Do you sleep on any of these long runs? I mean, any more than a dirt nap? No, I still have a lot to learn about the sleep game um, with these long ones. So I, my only experiences are the Moab 240, the Tahoe 200, and then Big's Backyard last year, which um, is kind of a unique sleep situation because you don't get to actually choose, you know, your own timeline. So... At all three of those, I tried some different things, mostly shorter than five minutes, um, and none really took consistently. Sometimes I would I would get a one minute one to work or a two minute nap to work, but I um, yeah, I need to work on that part. It's a frustrating. Bit more, I think it's frustrating, right? You keep wanting that reset and like, you don't get it. You don't get it. Yeah. You keep trying. Yeah. yeah. For I me, think, uh, go ahead. I think there's a lot to learn with it though, you know, and like we can maybe practice it or, or just try some different strategies, like trial and error a bunch of times, but it's a cool <laughs> uh, puzzle piece to the super long ultras, I think. And just for the listeners background, I mean, I was, I was at, 
Bigfoot, I want to say, or Tahoe, and I set my phone alarm for 20 minutes, you know, lay down, try to sleep. I'd fall asleep for seven minutes and like pop my head up. Like, I don't know if that's my REM cycle, like a mini REM cycle, but I'd look at my phone and there'd be 13 minutes left. I did it like multiple times to the point where I was like, well, why am I setting my phone alarm for 20 minutes? I keep waking up after seven. Um, (laughs) So I was like kind of a self-discovery moment, but there you go. Courtney, your your REM cycle, your mini REM cycle is probably three minutes because you're probably- Yeah, I haven't found it yet. I got it. I got to work on that. Well, let's, um, I mean, go ahead. You said something, you said something, you know, you talked about training and learning from sleep. Um, have you, have you done any training around sleep? I haven't no, but I, I really want to figure it out because I'm pretty intrigued by the, uh, 200 mile plus, you know, area of ultra running and, would like to, I think that's an important part of nailing one of those really long ultras. Um, so yeah, I think maybe coming into this new year, maybe I'll start reading up on some different things. I don't, I don't even know what that will look like or what Avenue I'll even try on the Google machine to, (laughs) to, you know, find the resources. But, um, what I know is I want to get better at it. And so, I'm going to start doing some legwork to figure out what that actually could look like. Well, I'll share all I know on that topic. Uh, I basically gave up my whole coaching business by telling everyone that it's seven minutes, but um, (laughs) (laughs) I could have coached 200 milers for like 30 years. And that's the only thing I would have actually added value to. Um, (laughs) Let's... Um, I don't know about that. I don't know about that <laughs> at all because you, you probably could coach. Uh, I know that was you know tongue in cheek, but um, you know I'm a wreck if I don't get five hours, if, you know, six hours of sleep, five hours of sleep. Um, so uh, I think the fact that you already do it, you've already trained it a little bit. You know, I mean, according to nailing the races that you have, um, Rob, you were going to go a different direction. Go ahead. No, no, I, I appreciate it. Um, I did want to find out more about Courtney's 24 hour world championship. I mean, it sounds like it was run basically on chocolate croissants. Um, (laughs) sounds like it's a chocolate croissant, 24 hour world championship, uh, do you want to give any background on, on what went down and like, was it a good race? And then, I mean, we have to talk about Big's backyard and if there's any way you can text message Laz that he needs to add one extra person in this year or 2020. Um, Who? You? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Greg's going to crew me. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I, well, don't don't actually say that twice because I'd be honored to help out any way I can. There you but, go. I mean, this twenty four hour race it's a fifteen hundred meter loop. That's correct. That correct. Yeah. And you could you just could you give us a cast of characters? Give us a little. I know it's a team and individual, but you know, give us a little bit of. You know, I, I looked at the the loop. Set it up for us. Yeah. So 
Um, the venue was pretty cool because it's in this kind of like multi-use sports area that the town has. So there's a track and there's mm-hmm. also soccer fields and um, all sorts of different sporting things. And so it's closed off to all vehicles. Um, so that makes it kind of lovely because it's just runners then on this loop and just then spectators in the venue. Um, so it circled a 400 meter, just a standard 400 meter track inside a stadium, um, which is also then where all the teams could set up their crew tent and where all the spectators could hang out on the bleachers and watch. Um, and then it exited the track and went over and did kind of a big loop around a soccer field um, and then wrapped itself around the outside of the stadium back into the track. So super cool loop. I mean, it was, I thought, a good variety of, you know, views throughout the course of 1,500 meters. And um, it felt like a productive amount of distance to cover in one loop versus a 400-meter track, you know, feels a little less productive when you make one lap around a track. Um, it was also cool because spectators were, you know, up in the bleachers or they had a whole concessions and like bar set up for spectators. So people were there, you know, buying food and uh, drinking beers and just cheering on runners um, at all hours of the day and night. And then there were, I think, I don't know, 35 or 40 countries represented there who could bring up to six men and six women. Um, and then all of us are running at the same time, but within the race, there's team competition and then there's individual competition. So all sorts of layers of detail as far as like, uh, what your mileage is going towards, I guess. So how's it, how's it feel having a USA on your chest? You know, you have American flag there represent your country but i know like i don't know you're you're not one to like take the you know u.s flag and uh curl up in a ball in it and run around with utmb and like shove it in people's faces either like what's how did that feel having uh you know that jersey yeah it's an honor for sure and um i uh, it's cool because the uniforms were issued are the same uniforms that the previous Olympic, uh, team wore. So, you know, it feels like it's all kind of the same, even though it's a, a totally separate event. Um, and at UTMB, I wanted my hands free and it was, it was an honor to wear it and to be a part of this team of, of athletes from all over the United States um, all coming together to, you know, have this one goal of running as far as we could in 24 hours. That's cool to share. I have one totally random question and I'll throw it to Greg. Do you think the croissant emoji should have like colorization options based on the filling? Cause you know, this is a horrible joke. Sorry, Greg, it's your turn. <laughs> okay. I do get to edit. I do get to edit once in a while, and it's for these horrible jokes. (laughs) I take a risk. They can't all work out. It's true. So a meagle walks into a bar, 
And the bartender <laughs> says, you know that one, Courtney? No, keep going. Measle walks into a bar, bartender says, shots for everybody. <laughs> a measle walks into a bar, bartender says, shots for everybody. Was it that bad? <laughs> No, I'm sorry. I wasn't audibly laughing. If we had the cameras going, you would have seen. <laughs> a goat walks into a bar. Bartender says, we don't serve kids. <laughs> Not good. All right. I, no, I, haven't, I actually haven't heard either of those. And I have heard I a lot of walk into the bar jokes. I'm going to use those. Thank you, Greg. I think this is a perfect opportunity uh, to hear Courtney tell us a joke. Yeah, I want to hear a couple from you. My family has uh, made me promise to not get any joke telling recorded that would be broadcast out. (laughs) They're all proprietary? They don't want to have to disown me. Is she funny? That's the question. Is she funny? Am I funny? I think that's in the eyes of the... (laughs) Yeah. I ruin every single punchline, so... It depends on I if you want jokes to make sense. <laughs> I honestly do, too. Is it your math brain? What do you think? You have, no, a, math, think you just, have a math brain, right? I think I right? just get too excited. <laughs> Jump ahead. Yeah, I'm just already cracking up in my own head, so then I'm, I get it all jumbled. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so for the 24-hour, you said... I think in an update somewhere that you had kind of an injury flare up. How is that going? Like, are you feeling any better? Cause you know, we're always super bummed to hear you of all people being injured. Um, no injury from no friend is, you know, good news, but hearing that from you is always horrible. Um, are you feeling any better? Um, working on it. So we're about a week, a week and a half out, I guess. And uh, the injury that flared up was my hip that had also brought me down in Western states. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, like the shortened version of it is I haven't actually healed that 100% yet. So the team of wonderful physical therapists that I've been seeing who have been helping me have been given the tricky task of like always shortening the you know, rehab and recovery to as short as possible so that I could race on it again at UTMB and at 24 hour worlds. Um, so I went into it, you know, knowing that it wasn't fully better, but hoping that it would just hang on for the 24 hours and, uh, the just repetitive nature of a flat 24 hour race was Mm. not nice to, uh, you know, a lingering hip injury so the same injury from western states flared up again so yeah now i'm hoping to actually fully get that back to a hundred percent are you just speaking of western states are you thinking about it or are you just totally focused on getting cleared to go run and do that whole thing and just kind of start ground up or kind of where where are you on that front or is it too early i'm sorry to ask about for next year? Yeah. yeah. Uh, next year, I will not do Western States. But okay. I, I will be hoping to be back to 100% by early spring and then 
um, yeah, plenty of cool races next year. Awesome. Greg, Anything either? I can get invited to? I mean, I'd like something with a croissant. Great. <laughs> Italy wouldn't be bad. You have a professional crew member now. All of a sudden, he'll fly out wherever. I love it. We need to meet in person. I would be honored. I would be I'll, honored. I'll um, reach out if I'm in uh, West Hollywood, L.A. area. That would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. So, um, are there any? Ra- Go ahead. No, I was just going to do like off the cuff, like how's it feel to have 150,000 people just on your Instagram account following your every move? Like, how's it feel? Like, are you, I mean, do you pay attention at all to that? Do you even do your updates? Like, do you, do you, do you know how to sign on to Instagram? Um, I definitely forgot my password by now, so no. (laughs) That'd totally be me too. When I reset my password, I feel like I'm like the world's best hacker. And then I realize like, no, you just reset your own password. Like, yeah. And when you keep making your password, just password, it's not very hacker. Like (laughs) now you're going to change all of them. See, I, I add, yeah, I add like ABC to it. So, Oh, nice. I've avoided (laughs) So after that deep question, Greg, what do you have? Yeah, well, I mean, I I like the light questions a lot, um, you know, and I I I think, but you know, one of the things that 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 impresses me so much is your connection to your family, and I wondered if you would share. I know we've been speaking already, so I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but would you tell me a little bit about you know? Are your parents both from Hopkins? What about your grandparents? Where where did this where did this uh, you've talked a lot about finishing things? You know, you come up came up from a background of finishing things, and I I did too. And it comes a lot of it comes down from my grand one of my grandparents. Would you share some of their stories with us? I'd love to learn more about them. Oh man, um, yeah. I mean, both sides of so my mom's side and my dad's side are uh, from Minnesota and they were, my parents met out in kind of the farmlands um, west of Minneapolis. And um, I think we're both raised very much like uh, to enjoy life, but also then to work really hard for, for what you want and um, that things don't come easily. So You've got to be willing to put a little elbow grease in it and uh, get knocked on your backside a few times. So definitely my parents raised me and my brothers that way, where if we wanted something, we knew we would have to to work hard to make it happen. And um, that was kind of the expectation, too, is is you don't do things halfway. You don't you don't kind of try at something you you try all the way at it if you're going to do it i love that. i feel i feel really thankful for it it was uh yeah a really wonderful upbringing and i think um having two brothers my my parents never told me like that i was different than them or that the expectations for me were different than them 
Um, so uh, I never, you know, had in my head that I couldn't do something because I was a girl or that I was supposed to, you know, be worse at something because I was a girl. And I think uh, that has, yeah, carried through a lot in my life. Did your parents teach by showing you? Were you guys very active? I mean, I know, you know, as a young person, you talked a lot about uh, seventh grade and being a cross-country runner and then skiing, but did they teach you by telling or did they teach you by maybe like group activities? Were you guys an active family? And Yeah, more by doing and, and example. And um, we were a super active family, so it was rare that, that uh, you'd catch us sitting still for long, if at all. But um, it was a lot by example and, and uh, kind of le- giving us opportunities to, to learn for ourselves. Yep. You know, one of the funny comments you made um, had to do about space travel. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a random question, but, you know, you talked about thinking about space travel when you're in the, maybe when you're in the pain cave or maybe just your imagination. Did, did, were you always interested in science as a young person? I, yeah, I've always been interested in science. And um, then I got to teach it. And one of the units I got to teach was space, which is when I think I got really fired up about space travel as well, <laughs> when I was teaching uh, it to eighth graders. Um, yeah, I just think it's so cool. I would love to go up to the International Space Station. Would you guys, if you could go up to space, would you go? Uh, can I be dead honest? And I've never shared this before. I hope so. Yeah, uh, I wanted to study cosmology. Like that's what I wanted my profession to be. Um, yeah. Like I think this was seventh grade, and I was like totally obsessed with all things space. And then I had a, I'm not going to name the year or whatever, but I had a horrible, horrible science teacher that ruined that kind of dream for me, or maybe helped. I mean, in a sense. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I wanted to study space. So, so yeah. you would go to the space station. I literally was on my balcony with my son, Ben, and we have an app that checks out all the stars and stuff. And we timed it out and we watched the International Space Station go directly over us on a clear night. Oh, that's so cool. And it was like the coolest shared experience at pretty much yep. of my whole life. Definitely top that's five. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, of course. If I had the opportunity. Greg, Greg, would you go? I would go. I mean, perspective. The perspective from up yeah. there. Uh, the, the, just the image of, you know, there's that image you often see in movies um, of looking back at the earth and you realize that how small we are. Um, you know, uh, I, I just think, and, and I think in our lifetimes, we will have the chance um, do you are you a big star person? Do you like to stargaze? Uh, I mean, I like stars. Yeah, I love when I'm out in the mountains and you can see, you know, millions of stars. I love watching for shooting stars. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty. Uh, I like dr- just thinking about the planets and like I don't know how cool each of the planets are and and then what's beyond, you know, and all the other parts of the universe it's 
it's so massive it can be kind of overwhelming are you like a real visual thinker i'm very visual yeah okay that's interesting yeah clearly you're visual because what you, you when you've talked about the pain cave um you talk about some of these your imagination um and and uh can you actually envision the whole thing of putting on the space suit and shooting up to a, a planet like Mars? What is, how long would it take? I think they say it takes, it takes, how long would it take to get to Mars? A couple of years, I think. Like four, four years or something. That's what I thought, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? I think I'll uh, wait till oh, space really- travel is, is quicker. <laughs> Just hold, <laughs> hold out. Total, no, total, I'm going to pass on this mission. <laughs> We're talking to Courtney DeWalter. She is a Yelp review or Yelp reviewer, astronaut, and dabbles in ultra running. <laughs> that would be a, a you, pretty good you, job title. It really would be. Business did you, card. Did you see the two women who, you know, the first two women to walk outside the space station? Did you click yeah. That yeah, just recently. That's a, that's a good question. And, uh, Go ahead. Yeah. No, I just, you know, you, I read at the same time, the first woman astronaut, who, of course, was not given the right uh, to travel, you know, to the moon or, or intergalactically. Um, she was, surprisingly, she was really quite proud. She wasn't, she didn't begrudge it. Uh, she realized that times were different when she grew up in it, but it, it is... Uh, there, there should be no reason why gender should matter in uh, space travel. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the science, the, the science of it is, is very interesting. Could, could you, um, are there any other silly places you go when you go to the pain cave other than space <laughs> travel? Oh, so many. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I spend a lot there. of hours there, so my brain can go uh, a whole lot of places for sure. Yeah, between dreaming and then those places, you're like, oh, I'm I'm back to reality. Like I haven't been here in a while. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Is that who, something that ultra runners, if you were to if you were to coach me, you would you would advise me to to develop my sense of imagination to place my mind in that imagination so that I can just let my body do the work? Uh, I think it, it's really individual and it depends on, on, uh, on how your, your brain works and you know, what, how you tick really for some people that that would be not where they would want to go and not what would be helpful for them. So. Yeah, that's true. Generalizations. I was, I was being, I was talking from a personal perspective because I really related a lot to to uh, what you said about having to go towards the pain and not being afraid of the pain. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's you know, I yeah, it's interesting. I I'm trying to remember Courtney's coaching plan. What was your your coaching business that we joked about? Like, like send the you no plan plan. Like you'd you'd email Courtney like coach what should I do today and like your reply was just an instant reply like an auto reply of like 
what was it go have <laughs> go have fun or like do what you feel like or i don't like i don't know but i i think listening to our bodies is is very important so that would be part of it probably courtney who inspires you like when you open the newspaper like turn on the computer like are you watching something like are you inspired by people and if so like are there any anybody like in particular that inspire you I mean, I, I guess think, uh, within Yelp reviews, astronomical stuff, and then um, ultra running, if you're even paying attention to that stuff. <laughs> I think the stories and people I always, that like stick with me often are people who are just chasing down whatever their dream is, you know, like, um, I don't know. I just watched this movie called The Biggest Little Farm or something like that on the on the flight actually back from the 24 hour. And it's these people uh-huh. who they just had this dream that they wanted to, um, uproot their lives. I think they were living in LA and they wanted to you yeah. know, buy property and make a farm and have the farm be this, you know, kind of like old school style where it doesn't just have one type of crop all over the farm, but has everything and animals and it all kind of works in harmony and, I just think it's really cool when when people take those kinds of risks to to chase down something that makes them happy and feel fulfilled. Do you feel failure? Like fear failure? Like do you and also like what do you dream of? Oh man, do we have time for this? <laughs> now we're now we're getting deep. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I I don't like to fail, but I'm not a. Do you fear it? I don't. I don't think I fear it in that it stops me from trying something. Yeah. But but and if I'm you, gonna try something, then I'm gonna try my hardest to not fail at it. And what do you what do you dream of? Like, is there is there one or two things that you're working towards? Is there like a greater like a bigger goal, or are you just enjoying? the present and like going after these individual kind of like race goals or. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. All of that. <laughs> You're changing the world. You're inspiring hundreds, thousands of, of people. Um, maybe even more than that. So it's just, well, it's you. interesting. Yeah. Greg, I'll let you ask the very last question of the night since you are just an amazing supporter of the charity. Yeah. Thank you. Greg. Seriously. Uh, if you have a real treat to chat with you. Well, I, uh, I feel the same way. It's been an honor. Um, and, uh, my question is very simple from Minnesota. I'm, I'm coming to the bar. What IPA do I order? Oh man. Favorite beer. (laughs) Isn't that beautiful? And, And I mean, can you just lead me in the right direction? I, I did like Bent Paddle when I was in Duluth. What did you try? Bent Paddle, I feel. Bent Paddle? Okay, Bent Paddle, yeah. It's a Duluth, it's a Duluth uh, beer. But, uh, so beyond Sufferfest. What's your favorite, <laughs> what's so, your favorite yeah. IPA other than Sufferfest? Yeah, oh man. Especially, so in Minnesota, there's like Surly, for sure, is a, a local brewery in Minnesota. Um, really great IPAs there. 
I also have to recommend the Michelob Golden Light, which is kind of like <laughs> the Coors Light of the Midwest. <laughs> oh. wow. They don't sell it. They don't sell it just anywhere. So Were when you, you're there, you you also should try one of those. It goes well. With, it goes well with flip cup, or <laughs> I don't know. It goes well with a it, hot summer day. And it pairs well with a croissant. I bet pairs well with pretty much everything. <laughs> But I, I, I really hope you take care of yourself, you know, listening to your rehab, you know, I'm sure change is very difficult. Um, yeah, thank you so much. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a very warmed to see, you know, pictures of you, and we all are. And so thank you for what you do and what you share. And I wish you a wonderful holiday. Well, thank you. One person one day. Likewise. Let me know if you're in Golden Ever. I will for sure. For sure. Thank, thank you both of you guys seriously for your time for helping out the 401k for pediatric cancer. And I enjoyed this. I think I made the worst joke I've ever made my whole life. So yeah, I've lost the fear of failure clearly. Uh, yeah. It's just so, up from there. No I, worries. I can't make a worse joke than that one <laughs> <laughs> with, with Greg and Courtney D. All right. Well, thank you guys. Truly appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good one. And that's episode 114. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Always a pleasure to speak with Courtney DeWalter, one of the nicest real ultra runners. What a what a good rep for the ultra running community globally. So just very thankful to have her on the show. Greg Rutchick, thank you so much for, you know, the huge donation. And uh you had some great questions and we got to hear some really kind of unique things with Courtney. So really enjoyed collaborating there with you and yeah thank you to the show sponsors hammer nutrition suffer fest beer exoskin ultimate direction destination trail just really appreciate patreon supporters all you guys you're making this work and i am taking every dollar from the podcast from the book the audiobook the book or the wrap uh, i'm sorry um i'm taking all of that and just trying to reinvest it to inspire you to get out and run So don't forget to enjoy your training.